strange stories of peculiar people and extraordinary events throughout history. This is Notorious Narratives. Welcome to Notorious Narratives. I'm Jen. And I'm Robin. And tonight we're going to talk about the Corpse Queen of Portugal. Corpse Queen. Also known as the story of Inez and Peter. So this is the story of a true, true love affair. Aww. Like for Romeo and Juliet, forbidden love style. Like True story. True story. All right. So it is rare in Portugal to find a Castilian held in such high esteem, but such is the case for Inez Perez de Castro a Valadaris. I probably just butchered the living shit out of that, but Valadaris. I tried my best. Yeah. So Inez was born in 1325. Whoa. Yes. We are going medieval. That's Weird. awesome. Okay. We will be getting medieval on your ass. <laughs> the <laughs> descendant of Galician and Portuguese nobility. She was also well connected to the Castilian uh, royal family by illegitimate descent. So the Castilian royal family is who ran Spain. Mm-hmm. During that time, uh, what I will tell you is that I could certainly try to explain her family tree to you, but there yeah, are so yeah. many. So she is illegitimately related to the royal family of Spain. That's all I can really tell you. It's a lot of aunts, uncles, cousins marrying other cousins and m- being mistresses <laughs> of royalty yeah, and absolutely. Yeah. bearing children outside of those those royal marriages, and it mm-hmm. is a oh-so-tangled web we weave. All right. I'm going to tell you a little bit about illegitimate children. The disparagement of children born outside marriage is often presumed to be the legacy of medieval Christian Europe, with its emphasis on compliance to Catholic marriage law. Yet prior to the 13th century, legitimate marriage or its absence was not actually a key factor in determining the quality of birth. Instead, what mattered was the social status of the parents, of the mother as well as the father. Being born to the right parents, regardless of whether they were married, uh, according to the church, made a child seem more worthy of inheriting the parents' lands, properties, and titles. Social status was really kind of the most important thing, but this is kind of around the time where, like, they're getting more into, like, legitimacy is super important. Yeah, this is yeah. kind of the, this is the moment in history when this is becoming, like, a problem. It's not social say, status I mean, anymore. It's, like. After this, that that became an issue. Yes. This is, like, where mm-hmm. it's happening. It's, like, happening live right there. Mm-hmm. In 1339, at the age of 15, Inez came to Portugal as a lady-in-waiting of Constance of Castile, who had recently married Peter, the heir apparent to the Portuguese throne that was currently held by his father, Alfonso IV of Portugal. Peter quickly became enamored with Inez. Her golden hair, blue eyes, and milky skin were said to be breathtaking. He was so much in love with her that he began to neglect his lawful wife, though he did find the time to get her pregnant. <laughs> well, of course. So let's let's not get it twisted, people. He still, I mean, still found time to get it in. But the relentless Constance plotted to end the scandalous affair by making Inez the godmother of their son, Louis. Oh, I, I love, like, a revenge queen. Like, well, she's, like, a revenge <laughs> queen in waiting. I, she's not like, the queen yet. I know, but right, it's, she's like, She's married oh, to the really? prince. Hello. Yeah, she's, like, girl, don't even fucking try it. I know. <laughs> so let me tell you what this bitch does. So she's, like, hey, you want to be, like, getting with my man? How about I'm going to make you the godmother of my son, Louis? And in the Catholic Church, a godparent essentially becomes a member of the family, therefore making the affair an incestuous one. Really? Yes. This and other attempts did not phase Peter and Inez, though. They just continued their affair, much to the chagrin of Constance and Alfonso. Like, back then, it's like, that's all... I'm sorry, but they had relationships with brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles and all those, like, whatever. 
But this I guess is, in this, this is in this, not Game of Thrones. No. It's a little Game of Thrones, but it's not totally Game of Thrones. But it happened. And it's so funny that in this case, they're just like, oh, no, since it's a godparent, it's family member. You cannot have sex with your family members. And they're like, yeah, but we know we're not really related. So we're just going to keep doing we're this. We're just going to do it anyway. And I mean, they were said to be like super in love. So... Hi, everybody. I'm Katie Segal. And I'm Kurt Sutter. And welcome to our new podcast called Pi, People, Influences, and Experiences. Yes, it's sort of the uh, get to know you at a deeper level, the who, what, when, where, and why you are rather than what it is you do. Absolutely. We're not going to talk too much about what people do. We just want to know about their families, where they come from, you know, what shapes their parenting if they have kids, what shapes their marriages if they're married. We just want to be really nosy. We want to get in there. A deep dive into nature and nurture. And we started it because there are a lot of people that we don't know that we are curious about. Right. And I have no friends, so for me, it's, you know... Trying like, to get them out of the house. Listen to it on whatever you listen to. <laughs> Podcasts on yeah, podcast your, 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 your podcasting apparatus. Watch it on the YouTube. He's aging himself. So soon Peter's father got wind of the affair and sternly told his son to end it. Peter outright refused, and in an attempt to nip this relationship in the bud, the king banished Inez from the kingdom to a convent in Kiombra. But still, Peter and Inez continued to meet in secret. He would send messages through the use of a small wooden boat, which would then go to the convent's water ducks. The lovers would also meet in the surrounding woods. This is actually pretty sweet. They were so in love, you know? <laughs> it's just like, I'm going to put a little note into a wooden boat and have it sail like, down, sail down like, to you in the water and the current. So and- Winnie, I could tell you when to meet me in the woods. You have to remember at this time that it is not uncommon for royalty to have mistresses. Marriages were le- generally arranged to solidify mm-hmm. political ties and to create deals that came with land, money, and power. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right? So, I mean, his marriage was certainly not because he was in love with Constance. When Peter was 16 years old, he was betrothed to Costanza Manuel of Villena. That's Constance, who was the daughter of Prince Juan Manuel of Villena and his second wife, Constance Aragon. Much like the other unions at this time, this marriage was done in a bid to create an allegiance and alliance with another kingdom. Mm -hmm. Since Portugal was at war at the time, Peter and Costanza had a marriage by proxy. It wasn't until four years later, when the war ended, that they actually met. So they were actually married four years before she ever came to Portugal. Well, that's a shame. Yeah. Also, can I just say that every time I see Costanza, I'm thinking about Seinfeld and George Costanza. So Costanza was her name, but also Constance. It it kind of flips back and forth. They were married for four years before they even met. Yeah. I was like, how could that be possible? They were married to secure this deal. They have to consummate and do all that other stuff, right? It wasn't consummated until present in order to say they're. They were married by proxy. And by proxy, I do wonder if they had two people that like stood there and pretended to be the other ones to get married or something. I'm speaking for her. I'm speaking for him. At this time, relations between the Castile, the reigning family of Spain, and Portugal were tenuous to say the least. Inez began to surround Peter with her brothers, who became his trusted advisors. It was not so much the affair that that made people nervous, but rather the close ties that Peter was developing with all of these members of the Castile family. The relationship between Portugal and Spain had always been tense, Mm -hmm. though in the years prior to this, they had worked hard together on a common goal, which was to reclaim the southern part of the Iberian Peninsula from the Muslim Moors. 
King Alfonso did not approve of this affair. He was not into it. He was like, you got to stop this shit. He was just like, but maybe it'll just run its course and it'll all be over. But I mean, it didn't. I, I understand Alfonso's like worry about that, but he also understands that, hey, I've had affairs. Right. It's so, like, get out of your system, buddy. Come on, his concern chop, chop. is not necessarily that he's having an affair with this woman, but that this woman is surrounding his son with members of the Spanish royal family. Mm. So the concern isn't necessarily just the affair. So Inez was banished from the court. And in 1344, Inez was incarcerated at a, the castle of Albuquerque on the Castilian frontier. Oh. In 1345, Constance of Castile, the wife of Peter, died very shortly after childbirth. Oh. Almost as if a weight had been lifted off Peter, he took Inez to the Santa Clara Palace in Quiambra, where they decided that they were just going to live together as a married couple. What happened to his child? He left his child in the kingdom, like at the court. Mm. And I, he had a few kids with Constance. I think only one boy. Though. Oh. So he lived with Inez as a, they lived as a married couple in the palace in Cambra. They had four children over the span of 20 years throughout that time. Afonso, who died shortly after birth, Beatrice, Countess of Albuquerque, John, Duke of Valencia de Campos, and Dennis, Lord of Sifuentes. Alfonso, the king, basically saw this as like the chance to get his son remarried and back into like another member of the Castile family and keep the political ties separate. But um, Peter absolutely refused to marry any other woman besides Inez. He was like, dad, I fucking love her so much. It's her or no one. And he said, well, then it's no one's son because she due to her social standing and her birth, her birth being illegitimate made her unsuitable to marry Peter because Peter was going to become king. Mm -hmm. So she was not suitable to become the queen of Portugal. But though illegitimate, as I said, she Inez was still a member of the Castile family. So she had very strong ties to the Spanish royal family. Yeah. Peter's son from his dead wife was named Ferdinand. And he was a very sickly boy. But the children that he bore with Inez were all very strong children, two of which were boys. Oh, Fuck. So rumors began to <laughs> circulate, of course, that the, this family planned to disinherit Ferdinand uh -huh. and over the favor of these children. Yep. So this sort of fueled the rumors and got everybody really going. Oh. Um, there were also rumors that Inez and Peter had been secretly married. And this made people especially nervous. And they worried about the future heir and... They worried that he was completely surrounded by members of the Castile family, including male children. So the king was very worried about Portugal's independence and all of his advisors and the Portuguese nobles mm -hmm. were all very concerned about what was going to happen when Alfonso passed away. Like is, you know, are they just going to put these members of the Castile family into positions of nobility? So political tensions grew. Portuguese nobles pressured the king to do something about the situation. Alfonso tried everything to keep the lovers apart, but Peter remained loyal, declaring his love to his one and only true love, Inez. Finally, King Alfonso made a decision. He traveled to the palace at Quiambro with Pero Coljo, Alvaro Goncalves, and Diego Lopez Pancherco, and their intention of going there was to murder Inez. It is said that upon his arrival, he was so moved at the sight of his growing, thriving grandchildren that he actually had the order called off. He was just like, stop. You know, maybe I'm wrong. Like, look at how happy he is. Look at these children. Look at the life he has here. But his advisors were persistent and demanded that she was a threat to the sovereignty of Portugal. 
So while Peter was out hunting, Inez was slaughtered by those three men, stabbed in the heart and through the body with swords, and finally decapitated in front of her small child. Oh, my God. When Peter heard this, he saw red, vowing revenge against those who had killed his love and declared war against his father. Of course, he swiftly lost that war that he declared because he was actually, he didn't was not in a position to be fighting the actual king and the government. But his father did pass away. And he did become king. Upon becoming king, his first order was to track down Inez's murderers. Mm-hmm. He hunted them down, capturing two, and one escaped. He had them arrested and executed. They were publicly executed by ripping their hearts out, claiming that they did not deserve to have one after pulverizing his heart. This act had earned him the title of the cruel. Peter won the cruel. Other people will call him Peter won the just. Yeah. So after he ascended the throne, he claimed that he had been secretly married to Inez and that she should be known as the lawful queen and that the children that she had bore, that they had bore together were legitimate. Though there was actually no proof of his marriage, just his word. This is where the story takes a turn. So many claim that he actually had Inez's body disinterred, her corpse who had already been in the ground for two years, and had her put in robes and a crown and placed upon the throne and that he required all the nobility to approach her and kiss the hem of her garment, giving to her in death the respect that they refused to give her in life. She was later buried at the monastery de Alcobaca, where her coffin can still be seen today. Her beautifully carved tomb is directly across from an identical one, which is occupied by her eternal love, Peter. It is said that they were buried in this fashion because the moment of the last judgment that Peter and Inez will rise, and when they rise, the first faces they will see is one another. Oh, sh- oh my God. It's crazy, oh, right? Shut up. It's too much. <laughs> it's like too much. So, like, they're not buried next to each other, but instead they're one in front of each other. So when they rise up, oh, I can't. They're not. Too- Stop it. There are these really intensely oh gorgeous carved stone tombs. <sighs> and they're standing across from one another, across a great hall. Yeah. Yeah, it's gorgeous. No. (laughs) So this story, of course, being true, at least to some extent, Mm -hmm. uh, left a huge mark upon art, music, theater, Um, and the Portuguese culture. In this room. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There are numerous paintings, sculptures depicting the lovers and their struggle. Oh, that's And their legend. There are operas and plays that focus on the couple's forbidden oh, love. I bet there's so many operas. So I many. I'd love to see one of those if they're in at the Met. Oh, my God. There is even a saying that is frequently used in Portugal. Agora é tarde. Inês é morta. It's too late. Inez is dead. And that's like a daily saying that people yeah. say. I don't know what it's necessarily in reference to. I think it's just like if like you do something that's like too little, too late, maybe. Oh. That's what it feels like. That the sentiment would be. Agora é tarde. Or Inez like, it is morta. what it is. Or like something like that. Right. Like, just too late. Nope. Mm-hmm. Don't want, you know, there's no reason to bother. So, though many believe the tale of the coronation of the corpse queen is merely a legend, keep in mind that the Catholic Church actually exhumed a dead pope for a trial known as the Cadaverous Synod yep. in 897 and actually asked him questions. Mm-hmm. So, the corpse queen of Portugal, a tale of forbidden love through life and beyond the grave. Just another notorious narrative. Thank you so much for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast, there are a couple of things that you can do to help us out. You can leave a positive review wherever you're listening now. You can also go to patreon.com forward slash notorious narratives, where you can access content that is exclusive for our patrons. And remember, 
keep it weird and never stop exploring.